0: Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Anutn Kewak. In this episode, we had the privilege of sitting down with the incredible Vice Chief Ali Baer. This conversation is filled with eye-opening insights and important discussions about Indigenous issues and a path towards reconciliation. Vice Chief Baer encourages listeners to read the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls to action, as well as educate themselves further on Indigenous history and culture. This emphasizes the needs for understanding and unity between non-Indigenous and Indigenous peoples in order to reduce racism in schools, sports, and society as a whole. Throughout this episode, we dive into challenges faced by the Indigenous communities, such as barriers to education and housing, the impacts of intergenerational trauma, and the unequal access to resources. Vice Chief Ali Bear's personal experiences and her stories shed light on maintaining and revitalizing indigenous cultures, revitalizing the language. And these are the traditions that are sources of strength and resilience for us as indigenous people. We also discussed the significance of Orange Shirt Day on September 30th and how non-indigenous people can observe this day in a meaningful way. Additionally, we explore Warriors Rising. It was a back to school event organized by Chief Bear, which aimed to provide indigenous youth with the tools knowledge, and some inspiration they needed to succeed and overcome barriers in their educational journey. Join us as we dive deep into these essential topics and gain a better understanding of the challenges and the realities faced by Indigenous communities today. Get ready to be inspired and educated in this powerful episode with Vice Chief Ali Baer. Awesome, Ali. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, it's been great. I've been, I've been watching a lot of you on social media, and it's like, I have to talk to this woman. She's uh, she's strong. She's smart. So I really want to uh, want to sit down and talk, and I really appreciate you taking the time um, maybe to get it started and just give everyone else a little background. Of, if you can just tell us how you grew up, where you grew up, and uh, a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, thanks for having me. Uh, grateful to be here. I know you've had a lot of really amazing guests as well. So it's, um, it's awesome to be able to meet you via Zoom. But I am from Whitecap Dakota Nation. Uh, My father is the chief of Whitecap. My mother is from Cody First Nation. My grandma's from Kauzis, so I am Dakota, I'm Nehia, I'm Anishinaabe, and I'm very much um, a part of the people of the plains, and this is where I'm from, and this is my home. I guess i i grew up here in in White cap and Saskatoon back and forth from the res to the city you know sometimes when we're younger we're always trying to get to the city and because Saskatoon was so close, you know it was kind of we were i was there a lot um so i well I grew up playing sports, but you know also dealing with a lot of other issues um trying to navigate you know intergenerational trauma things in our own lives um You know, I've had some pretty serious car accidents when I was just a teenager that's really been life altering for me. Um, But I went on to post-secondary and I became a mom and I'm a proud mother of two daughters and I had them while I was in school. And um, yeah, me and my girls went on to get two degrees together. And, you know, I very much believe that even though I, uh, you know, I got my law degree, I feel like they did too because they're with me every step of the way.
0: Holy man. That's a lot to unpackage all in a bundle, but uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I could just imagine it. You have to sit there. Uh, okay, girls, you're going to ask me some questions here before a test. I got to get through this. So they're, uh, they know all about it. Um, no, it's amazing. I guess talking about those girls and especially this time of year, like what's, what's it look like back to school? Uh, I know you said you got your girls, your single mom, and it's just, it's chaotic this time of year, right?
1: Oh, yeah, because well, the kids are always growing. So you got to get new clothes, new, new shoes, new everything. Um, and then, you know, you have to make sure that they're doing well in school too. But at the same time, you have to look at the bigger picture and where are our people at and how they're doing with education. Um, a lot of our elders talk about education being the new Buffalo and that is that it provides for us, right? The Buffalo provides for us. And, um, that's what I've seen education as, and that's why I went to pursue like my post-secondary education because I wanted to make sure I could provide for my children. And being able to get these degrees, I can provide for them. And that's where, you know, even them, I role modeled like as you mentioned, um, I role modeled like reading and writing all the time. So they're kind of just natural at it. And I'm so grateful that they're not, you know, having those issues at school because i mom's very busy as the vice chief now so I don't really have that time to to sit down with them but so it's important that for our people too to also you know access education and our treaty right to education and make sure that we are you know role modeling that work ethic to our children and Um, you know, I don't think colonial education is the be all end all whatsoever, but we do live in a colonial world and we do have to survive some way and we do have to pass that on to the next generation.
0: Yes, I know exactly. And that's, I'm very lucky in my life that I'm able to, uh, to raise our boys and we're able to homeschool our boys so we can give them that education that we want and that I want. And it's, um, we kind of flow between that world, like you just said, of lots of hunting, lots of fishing, lots of outdoors, lots of different survival things that we do on the daily basis. But then it, it does revert back to, but you have to know how to read and write. You have to know this world, right? So you have to know both worlds. And it's uh it's a fine line. And like I say, I'm very lucky because of the, the life I created and the life we're able to provide for our kids and yourself as well. But that kind of led into one of the questions I had for you was like, what are, what are some of the issues that you're seeing? Cause you are out on the front line, like that these, indi- like, indigenous kids are facing with even just getting into the new school year like what kind of uh what kind of barriers are you seeing a lot of these kids in
1: well because of intergenerational trauma because of colonialism and residential schools and the indian act and all these policies and what it's done to our people you know there is a, a lot of poverty um and so a lot of our kids don't have you know the same access to equality when it comes to Clothing when it comes to you know um their their what's happening in their house households um you know we have overcrowded housing a lot of the time in a lot of our first nations and even in urban settings um if when you come to the urban settings predominantly you see a lot of our first Nations people and where they're living and that's in you know the places that are struggling the most and then when you go to on reserve. They don't have the same access to some of the what these urban schools have, right? Um, And so you see sometimes, like my mom's the principal of of, uh, the school out in Whitecap. And, you know, a lot of these kids aren't excelling as fast as they should be as other students in the city. Um, And that's just because of, you know, infrastructure issues or things that are a lot of our communities are lacking. And that's due to the lack of commitment of our treaty right to education from the government as well. And so um, so we need to make sure that we can motivate our kids and uplift them. And and we don't know even what some of these youth went through during the summertime. So we want to make sure that, you know, these teachers are always, what do you do this summer? Well, some kids who, you know, might be non-Indigenous or something, they went, traveled the world or they went here and there, they get to share this and that. And some other kids, who knows what they've seen this over the summer months, right? And so it's, it's not fair and we need to make sure to be mindful of that and aware that, you know, we're trying to offer same opportunities and everything to our, our, our indigenous youth and children. and
0: Wow. No, that's, that is, hey, and I know, I know you just, you said a lot and it brought up a lot of things in my, <laughs> it's like, oh, I got so many questions to ask off of that. But, uh, I know one of your pillars or one of your, one of your portfolios in, uh, in FSIN is education and, uh. What are some of the what are some of the kind of like the um what am I trying to say some of the roles or even some of the programs you see out there for education? Is there anything that's really working or that's really like caught your eye that like holy cow, this is this is going and it's it's doing well
1: well. I've been trying to focus more on like, what you're doing with your sons, which is great land based and language, right? Um, Because I think that going back to the land is a much more better way for a majority of kids to learn period. Um, And so I think that we need to at least we don't have like a registry of where all the land based programming and language programs are. So we have to do that work, we have to get that data and make sure we know where are the land-based programs, where are the language programs, and which ones are thriving and which ones are struggling, which ones need to be uplifted and which ones are doing well and can be good models to the ones that are struggling, right? But right now, we don't even have that data, so that was something I've been working on. I have a I had um, pushed a resolution to the chiefs and assembly, So and the chiefs and assembly, we take our uh, mandate, our resolution to the 74 chiefs, of Saskatchewan, and then they'll mandate it for us. And so one of mine has been land-based and culture. And um, so the next thing that I was wanting to take, especially as housing, like we are stu- for students. Now that you know it's back to school again, I have a lot of post-secondary students. There's nowhere for them to come to live in the city of Saskatoon that's even affordable. Daycare is not affordable either. I've been there. When I went to post-secondary, paying for daycare for two kids is just as much as paying for rent. So how are we try, How are we able to get our education if we can't pay for rent, we can't pay for childcare? And, you know, so there's a lot of people are having a hard time finding somewhere just to live. And so these are issues that need to be addressed. Um,
0: oh, absolutely. Well, I'm glad you're out there fighting for it. And I'm glad you're out there with knowledge of it, right? You got firsthand knowledge, knowing that uh, what things cost and how it works and how the stress is on you. Because a lot of these... um. I know when I'm at, at the table with a lot of these things, even just with with my work, and you you hear people talking like, Well, we'll give we'll give four hundred dollars for daycare. And you're just like, I don't think you realize you're so far removed from real world, right? Like you don't realize four hundred dollars is a drop in the hat. It's not gonna do anything for anybody, right? And uh, and then expect people to to be happy about that, right? And you are like, Well, we gave you some money. It's like, yeah, that didn't do anything. So uh I am I am very grateful that you're out there with uh, real world knowledge and actually putting this, putting people to, uh, to the test and really holding them to it. Um, Another, another topic, well, we're on education. I want to stick with that a bit because I know in my own life and my own push is really to um, to try to get a lot more young ones excited about, well, excited about education for one. And then two was to uh, even just look at apprenticeships, right. And get through school, get through high school, learn, take it on. And get into some post-secondary with any kind of apprenticeship work or if I my my unicorn is I really want more in the STEM field, right like uh especially now that I'm in the engineering engineering field like there's it's it's so far it's very rare that you see some some indigenous people in those represented roles and even with apprenticeship that's where I came up through and I've, I was always the one, I was always a site superintendent or anything like that, but I'd never seen any other indigenous people in any roles of leadership. And I worked on a lot of projects and big projects, and it was always tying rebar, or sweeping the floor. And I was, it had to change, right? Like there's something has to give in that. And it's really, it starts with the education and getting through that apprenticeship and getting into college. And then especially if, if we can find some smarter, well, not even smarter, it's like kids that really get it. And get into more of those STEM, like get into more science, get into the medical fields, get into the uh, engineering world. I always joke, and I, I hope we don't take it the wrong way, but I'm like, every time there's smart Neos, it's always like, she so go go be a lawyer because like we have enough lawyers and we have enough. Uh, well, we don't, but I always joke about that. I was like we have enough lawyers and we have enough social workers. Like we need some, we need some scientists, we need some doctors, we need some some engineers, but. Uh again, I, I bash my head against the wall too at times because I'm I push so hard, but then it's 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 like where do you start? Right. And I, I think you nailed it with starting with some motivation and, and looking at some of these families and supporting those those grassroots levels of having a warm place to stay or just getting to school, right?
1: Yeah, like I think people want to uh want to access school, want to access post secondary, want to be there, but then it's just the cost of it all, right? The cost of going to school, the cost of finding somewhere to live, and then a lot of people moving from their reserve to the city is a culture shock, and then the cost of childcare. And so it's like, people want to do it, but we need to be able to have those supports in place for them. And then there's just a lack of funding that's always been there from the government, even though you know it's never been taken in post-secondary, um, You know, everyone's supposed to be a treaty right to education still. So that's a whole other fight that needs to happen if we want to have more of our people educated. And then, but I think too, like, I think you're saying like what's working and what's not, and I didn't really fully answer that, but I think that because our traditional education systems were pretty much dismantled through residential schools and um, we are working to revitalize those. And I think that's the key in all this is our traditional education. Um, something I w- I learned through post-secondary because I geared all my my writing, my books, my everything I read was indigenous scholars. I was like, oh, they keep doing all these white scholars at me. And I'm like, nah, where's the native scholars at? Right. So I was, we have ones out there. Right. When I mean, we need to carry their work forward, we need to read their stuff. And um, so I learned a lot about myself and post-secondary through that and that knowing your identity and who you are and your language and your culture will give you roots, and those roots will make you stronger so that you can go through this colonial world a lot more easier. It it will make law school easier. It will make these things that seem impossible easier because you you know who you are and you can stand strong. And when the storms come, you can weather the storms because your roots are deep. But oh. without an identity, your roots aren't deep and you have storms hitting you left and right and you're like a tumbleweed, you know? and and it's and it makes it a lot harder for us to to figure things out and move forward i think
0: holy get me fired up on a saturday night never mind uh and again (laughs) i appreciate your time for doing this on a saturday but uh that's awesome and then i'm like i say i'm very grateful that you're out there doing this kind of work and and you hit so many topics like it's true even just leaving the leaving the reserve and going they go to school go to edmonton go to calgary go to saskatoon for school and it's the amount of pressure that that puts on somebody right and then they they feel like you fail and then you're embarrassed and then you just want to go home and quit. Right. And it's, it's, it's completely understandable. Um, But yeah, there's just so many things there. Uh, Going back to your, like your, your single mom with two girls and um, and talking about different programs and different resources, like, is there anything out there that worked for you or that you know that works for some single parents out there that, that can be some, uh, some resources for them?
1: there's just like kind of general bursaries and stuff for parents in post secondary i think there should be a lot more my goal my dream is to actually one day have a scholarship for single parents um because it's definitely a challenge um i like when i was in law school there's few parents and the ones that were were like the mature students that were even older than i am and they had, were married and They had that support, right? And I mean, I don't, I can't say anything's perfect for anybody, but I just know that um, it's not even really taken into consideration if you're a single parent or not, when you're applying for school or when you're applying for jobs. And I was always very open and honest. Like some people want to keep that on the low when they're applying. So when I was like getting interviews for law and for working at law firms and they're like kind of like, I'm like, this is who I am. This is what I got going on at home. Either you like me or you don't, you know, and, but they actually like that better. And I was also, and I was getting offered a lot of jobs and, but because I needed them to know, like, I'm, I'm a single mom, first and foremost, come, come my kids. I, I, w- I will work my ass off here, but, um, you know, so I, there's definitely needs to be, I would say something else implemented. To take into consideration single parents and single mothers because it's you're taking on a whole a bigger load I would say when it comes to you know not having a partner there to support you or uh, the other side of the family to take the kids and
0: oh yeah no absolutely right now works both ways I'm uh I'm very fortunate with my wife too that she allows me to uh she's a she's an amazing mom so I get to go and work and put my you know put my head down and and get things done when I need to and and know that everything's okay on that end right and I'm not running around trying to trying to figure out childcare and all these other things that everyone else faces um so yeah it's it's a it's a luxury it almost feels like now it's a luxury on my end but uh extremely grateful with uh going back a little bit I wanted to touch on this just because it's it's really a stereotype more than anything but uh right when when we talk about all this it always comes to my hands like well don't indigenous people just get their school paid for don't indigenous people just get their housing paid for and it's like i i I tried to apply for that once it's like the amount like the barrier even just to get into the like that funding is is massive but it's uh yeah it's frustrating
1: yeah no um there's a lot of people that apply for funding and especially in really big nations so i'm fortunate my nation's not very big so we don't have a lot of people who were applying for post secondary so i was i was on the list i was on the short list right and then also it depends on how you're doing in school your grades and everything right so if i wasn't doing very good then you know they would almost i'd be on the chopping block for funding right um and then you only get a certain amount of like living um a certain amount of allowance for living and it's not enough it's in this world um like it might have been enough a long time ago but the cost of living nowadays is just continues to skyrocket and that's why I just I, it's really hard for people to to live off of that and survive sustain themselves and their children if they have children and um and then try to make it to that next level of of getting a degree so they can get a job that pays more so they can provide for their family and and, um, yeah, so it's a, definitely a huge barrier. Um, you're basically competing with other people in your nation to get that funding. And they I think it's built that way because the colonial system' is built to divide and conquer, and it's just kind of what they've they've done to our people. I, I still believe we're stronger together, but yet it's still an issue when you're Dakota and you're Cree and you're in and your and you're all the, there's all these different people and everyone does somebody doesn't get along with somebody and you know I was judged a lot for being Dakota and running and you know and that it shouldn't be that way like we we all have similar issues even though we are different in in our language and stuff but I mean this is something that we should be fighting for together right is our treaty right to education and making sure that that funding is coming through to our students who wanna actually attend school because I know a lot of people too, who um, once they got their funding, they they quit drinking or they quit that lifestyle that they were doing and, um, or they didn't get that funding and all of a sudden they're an addict and they're living a really, really rough lifestyle. And it's like, so it's just like, it's almost it could change your whole life getting that funding.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And it opens so many doors, right. Or it can close so many doors. And like you say, it can go one way or the other and you've seen it firsthand, go both, go both ways. Hey, eh? It's just, it's tough. Um, I guess with all that being said, especially with the systems, like we get into a little bit of uh, the truth and reconciliation, like with all that being said, everyone throws that around and there are always buzzwords going all the time. Eh? It's just like, we're doing this. And you get talked to big corporations like, Oh no, we're doing this and we're doing number, you know, whatever number they want to pull out of their hat saying that they're they're working towards it but um what do you see out there again i i, I say this just cuz you're on the front lines you're dealing with this daily
1: yeah um reconciliation um i've never really been a big fan of the word because i've never really seen it being implemented i mean there's um so the trc calls to action they there's not enough being done to actually implement them there's a more awareness which is great and you see that support on orange shirt day and everyone wears orange shirts and but i mean there's a lot of symbolic gestures happening oh we're gonna change the name of this racist man who did this to you people on the street name and we're gonna change it and now everything's better but that's just the symbolic gesture like that's great that you guys aren't going to be praising this person that harmed our people like so there's a street named John A. mcdonald right and they're changing it so it's like okay that's cool good good job but there's a lot more that needs to be done and needs to be addressed and that's housing that's that's access to um food and everything you know And you think about who's homeless and you think about it's going to be winter time soon and who, who's freezing to death i was just having some of these conversations with uh, mayor masters and regina and she's like trying to be proactive right now and she just it's a big issue and there's not enough being done to address it the homelessness and lack of housing
0: oh man I know it's it's sad and then you you get behind I'm fortunate too I get to see behind the curtains and you see behind that and it's it's not one single person I always say that like one every person in any battle or anything towards this it really most people I meet I should say want the best for every like want the best for it right but as a system, as a whole, the way everything's set up and all the bureaucracy within it, it's so hard to uh, so hard to get anything done, right, for most of these people. So um, I completely understand. And yeah, you nailed it with the reconciliation. Yeah, it's it's tough when you don't see a lot of it, right? And all you hear is the buzzwords set around it. But um, you brought up Orange Shirt Day, which was good. And that's coming up. That's in this month. Um, what do you, like, how does that, how does that feel for you? Not even as, you know, Third Vice Chief, Ali Bear, but how does that feel, just as a as a Indigenous woman? How does that feel as an Indigenous person?
1: Well, I think it's become heavier now because of all the unmarked graves that have come to, come to light, and these are stories that our elders have been telling us for a very long time. Um, um, all of my grandparents have gone and attended residential schools. Um, I have one living grandparent, and um, you know, and even talking to her about what she's experienced and it's it makes me really emotional to think about and then and then to look at my daughters and be like oh my god my grandma was like only their age when she was experiencing this type of abuse and that's why I tr- also try really hard to like sometimes people say that I like I don't know spoil or over love my kids or whatever but it's like like I I I have to, because like, and because like my, my grandparents didn't have that, like at the least I can do is give that to them. And, and then my, and then my grandma seeing us, she says she heals through seeing us, um, the, how good we're doing in that each generation, it's getting better. She said, after my mom and me and now my kids. And so she says that that's her healing and that's what makes her happy. And that's why she's still here. And so it's yeah, it's a pretty deep day considering uh, all the damage that residential schools have done. And I think there's a lot more education around it that needs to happen. I think they're like a little afraid to share still. Right. And then they kind of make it more like they always try to make it like a little bit lighter than it really is. Right. Like in schools and stuff and non-Indigenous people or their get over it already attitudes still out there. but it's, and then, or like, yeah, people who think, oh, this happened to your ancestors, but it's like, no, it's my grandma. Like she's right there. Yeah. um, And uh yeah, you know, a lot of people's parents, like the last residential school was closed in what 1996 here. Yeah.
0: In was that, well, yeah. St. Mike's was even running for a while. Like, yeah, all that stuff. Right. Like, it's amazing when you say that. And it's, it's so true. Right. A lot of it. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you are, you spoil the shit out of those girls. Right. Like, of course. And that's, that's every par- that's every parent's like you always want better for your own kids, right? And your grand that makes all that time in there for your cook' that much that much worth like that's worth it, right? She sees the smiles on those grandbabies' faces. I mean, it's it makes that pain maybe not well, obviously doesn't go away. It makes it a little lighter, um knowing that there's a better she got through it and there's a better world for it, right? And um, I know myself too, just with a lot of that, like it it puts everything in perspective. A lot of it comes with maturity, I think, in age and as I get older, but I understand now why, you know, people do the things they do when I was growing up, right? And seeing people do the things they do and growing up and, like, understanding my mother a lot more now and 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 realizing the things that she went through in her life. And and I get it now, especially being at the age where I was, like, she was raising me at this age now. And I, I understand, like, I still think like a 12-year-old in my own head. So I understand how she was just still figuring out life, right? and. And trying to get through those pains that she dealt with, and uh, I couldn't even fathom. I mean, looking back now, it's like, well, wow, I'm, you know, dealt with a lot, but at the same time, it's like, wow, you did, you did good. Like you got through it, right? And here we are, we're still, we're still here, and we're still alive. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty wild to see that. So, um, you touched on a little bit, but with Orange Shirt Day, with all that, with the residential schools, with everything, like, what, what kind of advice are you thinking for non-Indigenous people, like non-Indigenous Canadians, like? What should they do on this day or what? Yeah, that might be the better one.
1: At the very least, they can read the TRC calls to action. <laughs> and then beyond that, um, they can, you know, I would say, educate themselves. Um, You know, there's a lot more like movies even out there. Um, And I know it's heavy stuff, but I mean, imagine being having to be in that situation and that be you, that's heavy stuff, right? And I mean, sometimes we have to deal with the heavy stuff and look at the heavy stuff so we can move on and do better and give better to the our, our younger future generations. Because I think, like, if there's a better understanding between non-Indigenous and Indigenous peoples, then we can get along better. And there won't be so, so so much of a, like, a lot of racism and, you know, that we see in our schools, that we see in sports, that we see everywhere still. You know, like what, what that one guy called Zach Whitecloud, you know, making fun of his last name, you know, that's that stuff's still happening. And it shouldn't be. And that's disrespectful, because there's still one type of people who think that they're better than another, they think they're more superior, and they're not, we're all equal. And that's what we learn in ceremony. That's why we sit and we humble ourselves on the ground. And we sit together, because not one person is better than the other. And that's something that, you know, they need to take into consideration, because um you know whose whose land are is are they benefiting off of you know just things like that I mean you think about resource revenue sharing right who has intergenerational wealth and who has intergenerational trauma and why is that why you know you have this beautiful country called Canada you're so proud of well why though just understand the truth of our history and let's move forward in a good way together and let's actually share you know the of the, the beautifulness of this country and the revenues that come from it as well, right? Wow. I could get heated on this topic, but <laughs> No,
0: I'm going to have to uh never mind after the I'll take your brain and steal you a bit more later. That's uh that's my jam too, even just with uh with with work too. I definitely um definitely get into a lot of that, but uh no, you you're nailing so much on the head. It's 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 amazing and I'm really uh really grateful for your time here. Um. With that being said, and a lot of the education and a lot of the bringing up the youth too, I know you got a an initiative with uh Rising Warriors Rising, uh, right? Yes, Warriors Rising. So keep tell tell us a little bit about that.
1: So we we uh at the end of the school year um kind of took notice that the graduation rates are starting to continue to decrease and a lot of that due to covid and the pandemic and so we're like can we do something to like motivate our students and help our students or help our kids so we came up with this warriors rising event back to school event and um we have brought like a youth committee together so it's all young people from across the region came together kind of came up with some ideas we put it together very quickly right because it was the end of june our first meeting was started july And we just had the event uh, last weekend. It was like, what, August 25th, 26th? And um, so we had two days jam-packed kindergartens to grade 5s and then grade 6 to grade 12s on the second day. But I think it's really important if we think about prevention and we think about education that we need to focus on our little ones, on our little warriors. And we need them to know who they are at a young age. We need them to dream big at a young age. We need them to, you know, be connected to their identity. And and then it was geared towards urban kids a little bit more because I would say they have less access to the culture programs in the summer. A lot of First Nations do have a, a lot more culture programming in the summer, culture camps, but a lot of the kids in the in the inner cities get forgotten about and they don't have access to that so it was just like i was held on my reserve on white cap and um it's very close to saskatoon so but it was open to anybody um it, it was like four we had 200 each day it was open to 200 kids each day but um 200 signed up very quickly but not all as showed up so which was probably better for us because we probably would have been overwhelmed with that amount of kids running around and trying to control them. But it actually turned out really well. And we had some pretty amazing presenters and um, uh, entertainment who also discussed their, their stories. And the the commonality through the entire event was kind of overcoming barriers and how to do that and that you're able to do that. And even how to be a support to your friends and family who need you, right? How to listen. Um, through the school year, you know, you're going to have a friend or a cousin or somebody who's struggling. How can you be a support to them? Because, you know, that's, that's not easy even for us as adults. Like I think we're not very good at that ourselves.
0: <laughs> no, no. And that's great that you're, you're creating that community for these kids. Cause a lot of people don't and you say, you said it like, even as adults not right. It's hard. If you don't have that community or that support system around you, it's, uh, it's difficult. I was actually just talking with my wife the other day. It's like, uh I was doing some some paperwork on something is like try to find some some character references like holy man I don't even know I don't have any like friends I could put on this thing like how many can be family that you could put on the forum right and it's like I don't not have that many my circle's small it's crazy um but that's awesome I'm really grateful that you guys are doing that is it something you guys plan on doing every year now or what do you guys see
1: yeah I wanted to kind of have this be like the first one and then we're gonna see like how we can make it better like you know kind of for the next year. Um, but also, we want, I want to create like a Warriors Rising Youth Council. The Federation of Sovereign Indigenous Nations has not had like a youth council, we have youth chiefs, but we haven't had a youth council. And I think we need that representation from across the entire region, because our youth are facing different things in the north than they are in the south than they are in the central and that they are in the urban and that they are, you know, so we don't having two reps isn't going to be able to speak for all of that that's happening and i think it's really important to bring all these voices to the table and i think it's really important to bring our youth to the table and listen to them and that our older leaders need to listen to them too because one thing i've noticed since being elected is that i end up being the youngest person in the room most of the time
0: yeah Um, no i understand and i imagine do you get pushed to the bottom when that happens or what happens in those rooms
1: there's a lot, a lot of ageism. A lot yeah. of people don't want to take me seriously because I'm so young. Um, but I get that too. You have to like earn it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're a rookie or whatever. Um, but at the same time, like I have a lot of life experience. I am a mother, I am educated. And it's, it's hard when you're never taken, when you're not taken seriously or you're just disregarded. And especially when you also have that lived experience of being in this generation, a lot of people who are making decisions, don't know what it's like to even have social media. Don't know what it's like to have technology taking over. Don't know what it's like to live through a pandemic, to have climate change anxiety, to like have, you know, all these different things our youth are facing right now in this time of age. And um, I, I and I can, you know, I can speak from experience. And so it's different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. You can play both sides because you, you were around when computers weren't around. And now you, now you're around, when they are right and the kids are facing so many different things it's it's not like a bully picking on you outside at the playground right now it's online and everywhere else and it's it's uh it's a pretty wild world and most yeah like you say all those other leaders are or a lot of them older leaders are so disconnected from that right and uh some of the problems we're solving aren't really the the ones that all these young ones are facing now so no that's i'm grateful you're out there it reminded me of me too when i was growing up like uh with with work with site stuff, I was always the leader at such a young age, and they, they everyone would always look past me, and, they, and whoever came to site like yeah, who's the boss here? It's like <laughs> some kid in puberty, so like oh, I am, I'm the <laughs> boss. It's like what is going on? It's like yeah, don't worry about it. It's, yeah, uh, it's funny. But uh, another one I wanted to bring up, and I'll I'll, I'll be mindful here. We'll start wrapping up, but uh, with mentorship, especially like you're talking about that youth council and and uh, the youth chiefs um funny enough I I did talk to Haley Rose on here not long ago and uh that's how I I stumbled upon you as well because I seen you hang she's hanging out with you quite a bit and um it looks like you're quite the mentor to her um what does that relationship I mean don't tell (laughs) me that's between you and her too but what what do you even feel like a mentor what does that feel like for you
1: I feel like uh more like a big sister and I think that's how it should be if you're you know like an uncle like an auntie like something like that but i think that we're so like kind of um not too you know pretty close in age that that's how i feel i like i'm a big sister to her um but and and that's how it should be too that you become like close like family and you look out for them and you protect them and i like i know that i was i was reading a book about um uh, dakota dakota ways traditional ways and when a baby was born they used to um right away they would connect you with an elder in the community and you and that that baby and that elder would have that for the whole their whole lives that'd be their mentor so their whole lives they would have an elder that they could go to and they they in the book they called it like a contract basically and they would only way the contract could be broken was if somebody died and so but we don't have that nowadays right could you imagine if when you were born you were paired with an elder, and you could always go to them when you had something going on in your life, like, how much that would help guide our youth, our children in a good way, or yourself, you know, thinking if you had that, and that was the way we used to do things. And, and we've lost a lot of those traditional ways. And so I think mentorship is really important and I've kind of also told this to a lot of our leadership too. I said, you know, like I kind of put it on them a little bit about that they should all have, have somebody younger that they're bringing around with them, that they're mentoring, that they're showing the way. And, and, and and at the end of the day too, we never know what's going to happen to us. You know, not another day is never promised and we need to make sure that there's somebody else coming up who's going to be able to do good work.
0: Yeah. Hey, that's a good way to say that. And it's funny you mentioned that too, because talking with some of the older ones or some of the elders, I, I mentioned that uh, talk a little bit about that and just the way the youth are facing now. And some of those elders are even saying, you know, just because of the stuff that they've dealt with, uh, they weren't, they, they, they were very self-aware of, you know, we weren't the greatest, uh, we weren't the greatest leaders either. We weren't the greatest mentors. We, we weren't helping a lot of these younger ones come up. And uh, some of them are owning that to themselves of saying, you know, we fell short a little bit, but now it's time to change that. And in, in these, uh, we got to we got to be better, right? We got to be better ourselves and not always looking to the outside. I mean, there is a lot of systemic things and there's a lot of systems in place. And there's a lot of things that we we need some support with. But at the same time, a lot of us need to support ourselves and having strong leaders like yourself and the the young ones that you are bringing up, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to make that a lot easier and we can lean on each other and lean on ourselves instead of looking outside. Cause it's, it's not going to be there. People just talk. Right. And I mean, that's, you see that while well, you, especially now you're in that you're in that ring, like you see that, all oh, everything's talk, right. You just, you gotta have that meeting about the other meeting that, and then we'll have this meeting about that. And uh, how was that meeting? And <laughs> Do you have those meeting notes? Do you have those minutes is like, how about we actually do something here and, and get it done? Right. But um, yeah. Uh, but another one with, with mentorship, is there anyone that comes to mind for yourself with, uh, with mentors? I mean, I know you probably have a lot in your life, but.
1: Well, honestly, I feel that it, there's kind of been a disconnect. Um, Like I look up to, and I'm very grateful for my parents and their work ethic you know getting my mother being educated and being a teacher and a principal and my father being the chief but I feel that they were so busy there isn't that kind of mentor relationship there um and then like the reason why I went into law is because of a a woman named Patricia Montour but she passed away and um She was my friend's mom who my friend took her own life when we were teenagers. And I didn't even know she was like a lawyer and stuff when we were younger. And then I went to post-secondary and I came across her name in a book and I just started reading everything that she wrote. And I just started studying her and writing papers about her. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I gotta be a lawyer. And it's weird, I felt like kind of guided by her even though she wasn't even here. And there's a lot of things that have lined and I've had a lot of kind of weird epiphany moments that that I feel that I was maybe being guided by the spirit world. Yeah, no, uh,
0: that makes sense. I that's a that's a tough question. I put you on the spot with that one, but that's a great point. You make a really good point with that. Of any any people listening, young, old doesn't matter. Is mentors can be alive, they can be dead. It doesn't matter, right? Especially with YouTube and the amount of books out there and audio books. If you don't read well and all these other things, like mentors can be in any form, right? I know myself is, uh, definitely with YouTube and, and different videos and watching people and listening to what they say. And especially if you read someone's biology, like if you read their bio, I mean, that's, they're giving you a life's worth of, of education, right? Inside a book. So, I mean, there's so much out there for people. It's not just cause I know it's awkward and it's funny. Cause I, I went through this stage of like, I hey, gotta make myself a better man. I need a mentor. Uh, I lost my father when he was, when I was 18. So it was like, ah, oh, this is like, but I need you. But yeah. um, I, so I like try to find some men or try to find someone, but it's really awkward. You're like, you want to be my mentor? And, like the first, like, what are you to get out of here? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Uh, it's, it's just a weird one to bring up. But I mean, like say with books and videos and all kinds of stuff, there's, there's so many different ways. Um, And again, like, w- like women like yourself to be able to, to do what you do. And I know there's a lot of little girls that probably listen to you or watch you and look up to you and, I couldn't imagine the amount of messages and and different things you receive on that end.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I'm very grateful. I do get a lot of messages. A lot of people who, you know, want to go to law or want to, you know, little girls who tell me they want to be like me when they grow up and it's really cute. Um, it's it reminds me why I do what I do. Um, and then even like people will send me pictures of like, uh, schoolwork like a a report or like you know one of those little like um something that's being done for school and they'll they'll all be in there and they'll send it to me and yeah i even have like like my friend's daughter who's like non-indigenous who did that about me too and i was like wow you know it's impacting even out there you know for young girls to see themselves in spaces and being leaders and so I'm like, I got to keep on keeping on because little for watching.
0: That's the thing. Hey, whenever you want to get down and out on yourself. And I mean, you're not, you're a young woman, right? So it's like, I just want to, you know, just be free for a couple of days or do something, but you got all these prying eyes too on you. And you, it's a huge responsibility. I mean, it's a, it's a heavy head, right. That wears that. Uh, I see you all the time in your nice headdress, right? Like i a it's, it's not a, it's not an easy task. It's not a light, light responsibility. And you, uh, you wear it well, that's for sure. Um, yeah, no, sorry, I just, yeah, I'm gonna let you go. Like I say we're here on a Saturday night, and I'm taking up. I speak of a young woman. I gotta leave you alone. Um, where can uh, where can people find more of you, Allie? Where can if they uh, if they want to get in contact or to see what you're up to?
1: Honestly, um, probably my Instagram. Yeah. Uh yeah, probably my Instagram page. I know I probably need to do more to connect through different, I don't know, avenues. My Facebook's pretty full at the moment and I know I keep telling FSIN we need to update our uh our website, which isn't really happening yet. <laughs> and so you can't really yeah. Social media, I mean, I guess.
0: Okay. No, that makes sense. I mean, you're a busy woman. I know it's not like you're, uh, you're big public life doing all this. You got, you got lots on the go, uh, especially being a single mom, those two little girls. And, uh, yeah, speaking of mentorship, at least they, they have you to look up to. So that's, uh, that's amazing. That's awesome. Um, okay. Well, no, like I say, I'll leave you alone uh, there's so much more I wanted to dig into. So I you know, might have to, uh, might have to do this down the road when you, uh, when you free up again, cause there's uh, so many questions I didn't even touch on, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you're an amazing lady. I really appreciate your time and, and thank you for coming on here.
1: Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a great night and weekend and school year with your family.